Hey, hey, you're listening to the Journey with Janice podcast. Join me on the journey of pursuing Jesus, building our lives on the word, and seeing this world impacted with the love of God. The Journey with Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. You can find my podcast and other great podcasts in the network at newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Journey with Janice and check out my website, journeywithjanice.com. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Journey with Janice podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode, like I always am, because I love being able to record these episodes to encourage your heart to talk about Jesus, to talk about the Word of God, to talk about life. And so I'm just so thankful that you are tuning in. I pray that wherever you are at in your day, that you are just feeling His presence, that you are just surrounded with songs of deliverance, that you remember that His banner over you is love, that he rejoices over you with singing, that he goes before you in all things, and that he is so faithful and so for you. And I pray for people on here. I just had this sense before I even started recording, so I guess we're going to dive deep right away here. I just had the sense that so many people are battling and contending and fighting against discouragement in this season, and I can just just sense it. And so I'm just believing that God is strengthening all of us with might in our inner man, and I'm so thankful that he doesn't leave us in those places that he fights for us. God fights for us. And I love the scripture that says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. And so victory is a banner over us. Victory is ours. We may be waging a war, but the fight is fixed. And so I'm so thankful that God is the God of all comfort, that he encourages our hearts, that he knows exactly what we need in every moment, in every season. And so I'm so thankful for timely words. I'm so thankful for worship music. I'm thankful for brothers and sisters in Christ who come along and just share like what God has put on their hearts with us, a word of encouragement or pray for a, you know, prayer and things. And so we have to, we have to also know that God wants us to do that same thing for each other, to reach out to people, to pray for people and to not just think it and maybe pray it. But if God puts it on your heart to like, let them know to actually reach out and pray for people because we need to encourage each other. The Bible says that to encourage one another all the more as we see the day draw near and that day drawing near is the return of Christ. He is coming back and we have such a hope in that reality that he is faithful to keep every word that he promises. He said, Jesus said before he ascended that he would return, he would come back. And so we know that he's coming back. We know that every day is one day closer to when he's coming back. We know that we don't know the day or the hour, but the Bible is very clear that we can know the seasons. And there are prophetic promises within his word that point to just the unfolding of his return and the fact that it's drawing closer and there's so much you can dive into in his word regarding that, but we can know the season and we can see the signs all around us and know that he's faithful. And if he said he's coming back, he is. And so just being ready for that. And I'm even reminded of the parable of the virgins, the 10 virgins. There was five foolish and five wise virgins and the five foolish ones didn't have oil in their lamp. And when the bridegroom came back, they weren't ready. And the five that were ready had oil in their lamps. They went into the marriage supper. You can read about this. I believe it's in the book of Matthew. You can look it up. And they went into the marriage supper and the door was closed. And by the time the other five scrambled around to try to get oil in their lamps and to go to the door, the door was already shut. And that's a 
very sobering reminder that we have to be ready. And I believe that that oil in our lamps is the oil of intimacy because he said to the five others that came to try to get in, he said, I never knew you. I never knew you. And so are you experiencing intimacy with him? Are you living your life in a way that he's included? Like, do we include him? And I'm speaking this to myself, not just to you, but am I including him? Are we including him in our lives? Are we seeking him daily? Are we getting into the word because we just want to know him? We know Jesus is the word of God and in his word is Holy Spirit breathed and inspired. It's infallible and it's eternal. I was just reading earlier where it says the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. His word is eternal. And so I want to read his word, not just to check something off my list, but I want to read his word because I want to know him more. I want to know him intimately. I want to spend time in the secret place because I get to meet with him. And the Bible talks about corporate prayer and and how when we come together and we touch and agree concerning anything, it will be done. There's so many promises regarding prayer in the word of God, but the Bible also says to pray to your father in secret, to shut the door, to pray to him in secret. And so there's a place for both kinds of prayer and we need that. We need to gather together corporately to contend, to believe, to touch and agree to pray for our community. I have a, an amazing friend, shout out to Chrissy. Her and I love being able to just drive around town and go to the schools and and just pray as Holy Spirit leads us to. And then there's, you know, corporate prayer time at church and things, and we need those times. We There's a space and a place for that. But we also need to tuck away with him where it's just us, just you and him face to face, seeking his face, making your request known to him, all of those things, but then just being with him because you love him. Because when you love somebody, you want to spend time with them. And if you love God, you're going to want to spend time with him. You're going to want to be with him. And so today I've just been diving into first Peter and I'm just into second Peter. And then I just felt a prompting of the Lord to get on and and record. And so I want to read this scripture that I just read. It's so good. I love the word of God. And I pray that if you are on here, that God would increase your love for his word, whether you already love his word a little bit or you love it a lot of bit, that you would just fall more in love with his written word. It is life to us. And I'm telling you when I'm having an off day or I'm struggling or whatever, just stick the word of God in my face. Like, let me get into the word of God because it changes us. It transforms us. It reminds us of his truth. It's the firm foundation that we build our lives on. And so I love his word. And it says in second Peter one, I'm going to start in two and I'm going to read through four. It says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. I'm so thankful for the promises of God that through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And I know I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything new here. You look at the world around us. It is so broken. It is hurting. And we are called as Christians, as believers to be a light in this world. It is a dark, hurting and broken world. And we have to let our light shine to those around us so that they can they can know him. And I was just reading too in another part, I think in First Peter, where it talks about how he has called us into his marvelous light out of darkness. 
and that we can declare his praises. And I want to live my life declaring the goodness of God, declaring that he is faithful, that he is good, that he is love and, and knowing where I came from, because I know the state that I was in before Christ. And I'm now at the point where I've lived more of my life as a believer than not a believer, which is so fun for me to be able to say that. But the reality is like, I I still know where I came from. I know how broken I was. I know the teenage girl that used to cut her arms and used to just be in such a place of, of depression and insecurity and just feeling like, like I've said before, it's not like I wanted to die because I really didn't. I, I, I don't think I ever really struggled too much with like suicidal tendencies, but I didn't want to live either. I didn't really see the purpose of my life. I didn't know the God of all creation at that time. And so I was in this place of darkness, but God called me out of that. It's his love that called me out of that. He saw me in that pit and he pulled me up out of that miry clay and he set my feet on a solid rock and I am forever indebted to him. I'm, an, I'm forever just grateful for his kindness, for his love, for his truth that set me free, that set me free. And the Bible says in the book of Galatians that it's for freedom that Christ set us free. And then it says after that, therefore, do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage because we have the beautiful privilege of getting free, the ability to get free. But there's also the reality that we can go back to bondage. And so that is a word I want to encourage you with. What has, And I want to ask you, what has God set you free from? And then know that you are empowered through his spirit and through his word to not go back, to not go back to the place of bondage because it's so easy to go back to that place because it's familiar, because it's what we're used to. It's what we're comfortable with, but we're not called to live in comfort. We're called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and to do life with God and he makes all things possible. He makes all things possible. So it doesn't matter if maybe you're listening today and you have struggled with something for years. It has become what you would maybe even call a part of who you are. It's your habit. It's just ingrained in you. That could be a mindset. It could be a habit. It could be whatever, an addiction. One moment in his presence can change everything. One encounter with him can change everything. And I'm thinking of the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says that she struggled for 12 years with the bleeding issue. She menstruated for 12 years. I cannot even imagine that and the weakness and the frailty that she was in. And back in that day, you were considered ceremonially unclean. She couldn't even go in public. She had to be isolated for those 12 years. And I don't know what life was like for her. I can only imagine the emotional turmoil, the mental turmoil on top of the physical turmoil that she went through and the weakness that she endured. But the Bible says that she heard that Jesus, she heard that Jesus was in town. And so she made her way to him. And by this time, she had already spent everything she had. She had seen every doctor. She had tried everything to be made whole. And she wasn't. She only grew worse. The Bible says she grew worse. How frustrating, how devastating is that? But she pressed her way through the crowd because Jesus was coming through the town and people knew that he was a healer. People had heard testimony of what he was doing in the earth. He was setting people free. People were getting healed, delivered from demons, healed of their infirmities, all of these things. And she caught wind of it. And you know what? She didn't stay where she was. 
She pressed through the crowd of people that were surrounding him. She pushed her way through and she told herself, if I could even just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She had faith for it. Do you have faith that you could touch the hem of his garment, that you could encounter him and be made whole? And that could be in any area, physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever that is, whatever you have need of, he has the answer. He has the solution. And the Bible accounts for for the reason like this this account like i'm just ah i just love his word and i love this testimony the bible tells us that she did touch the hem of his garment that healing virtue flowed through him and in a moment in an instant she was made whole she was made whole and it's ah, it's so powerful and jesus recognized it and he said who touched me and of course his disciples are surrounding him and they're like really jesus like there are so many people everybody's touching you but he knew that she touched him in a way that was different, in a way that was different because he felt that healing virtue leave him. And it was her faith that made her whole. And she was able to, who knows like what life looked like beyond that, because that's where the account ends in scripture. But you can imagine the restoration that happened in her life because she was made whole because she touched the hem of his garment. She no longer had to be ostracized. She no longer had to live her life secluded and isolated from the world around her. Maybe she was able to get married after that. Maybe she was able to have children after that. Maybe she was able to finally do the things that were on her heart to do. Her desires were able to come alive because she encountered Jesus. And I just, I feel like that's such a such a testimony that we can really take to heart and apply to our own lives. What are we able to experience now? The fulfillment of the promises of God, the desires of our heart that are not there just because we dream them up. The Bible says if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our heart. So when we're delighting in him, we're living for him, we're loving him, we're serving him, like naturally our desires start conforming to his. And so then when we encounter him and we're with him, we can know that those desires are there for a reason and we can experience them in their fullness in their fruition because he is faithful and he's good and his kind and an encounter with him changes everything. It changes everything. And so my prayer for you even today is wherever you're at, whether you're in the car, you're sitting in your living room, maybe you're in the kitchen prepping breakfast, like whatever you're doing, that you would encounter his presence and that whatever you have need of, whether you've struggled with something for a few months or 12 years like this lady, or maybe it's a generational thing that's yet to be broken in your bloodline, that you would encounter his presence in a very real way, that you would touch the hem of his garment, that you would meet with him face to face, that his presence would just overwhelm you because where his spirit is, there is freedom. Where his spirit is, there is liberty. Where his spirit is, there is fullness of joy. There is times of refreshing in his presence. And so my prayer for you is that you encounter him, that in an instance, that whatever you are dealing with, whatever you are facing, that it that it can be dealt with in a moment. And I think so many of us believe the lie, and I'm even speaking to myself here again, we believe the lie that what we struggle with is our forever life sentence, that it's just who we are. We be- It becomes our identity. It becomes part of how we operate, how we function day in and day out. But we have to come out of agreement with the lies of the enemy because he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is the father of lies. His native language is lying. All he does is lie, 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 lie. So you can know when you hear him speak anything to you. So it's almost like you just take that word and believe the exact opposite because he doesn't know how to tell the truth. He lies about everything. But I want to see people 
And I know it's it's my desire, but more than my desire, it's God's desire to see people walk in the fullness of freedom that Jesus paid for at the cross. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed, and that's physically, mentally, emotionally. I personally have had a lot of physical things that God has healed. He's done so many miracles in my physical body, but he's also done so much in my emotional state. He has healed my heart. He has healed my mind. And I want to live in the fullness of that freedom. I don't want to go back to the girl that I was before I knew him. I don't want to go back to that place of insecurity. And and people people see me and they're like, I've heard this so much. You're so confident and things like that. Outside of Christ, I am not confident. Like I am very insecure outside of him, but I'm not outside of him. I'm in him. I love that his spirit dwells within us as believers, but also we are hidden in him. We are in him and he is in us and we are one. We are abiding with him. And I love John 15. It says, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I am well aware that outside of him, I can do nothing, but through him, I can do all things. And so he's my confidence. He is my courage. I have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of me. So nothing should intimidate me. Nothing should hold me back from doing everything that he has called me to. And I just, I believe that that's a word right now in this moment that I'm to release over you. If you are in bondage to intimidation or fear, we know that the Bible says that he does not give us a spirit of fear or timidity. He gives us power, love, and a sound mind. And so I release that over you. And I just pray in Jesus' name that any spirit of intimidation is broken off you, any spirit of fear is broken off you in Jesus' name, and that you are going to live in the fullness of what God has created you for. I was just reading in First Timothy, or sorry, in First Peter. I just, I love the word of God. I'm like pretty obsessed with it. And it it says here in first, I had to flip my page back here. First Peter four, verse 10, it says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So all of us were created on purpose for a purpose. God has created all of us for good works. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's masterpiece created for good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. God has given all of us gifts, talents, and abilities, and the enemy would love for nothing more, nothing more than for you to go to the grave with everything God has created you with and for, for those gifts to stay dormant inside of you, to stay hidden inside of you. And so I'm just declaring a word that those gifts are being unburied, from the inside of you. I'm calling out the gold that's on the inside of you. The gifts that God has created you with are not just for you. And they're not just they're not just for you. I believe the life for so long that certain gifts that I have I'll go is just between me and God or whatever. No, it's not. It's the Bible says here what I just read in First Peter that my gifts are to minister, used to minister to others. They're to be used to minister to others. And so your gifts are for me. Your gifts are for the world around you. They're for others in the body of Christ. They're to edify the body of Christ and to encourage others. And so I don't want to see you live your life with your gifts hidden inside of you and for the world around you to never see them. And I believe there is time for cultivating, for you know, asking God, how do I, okay, God, what do I do with this? Give me the wisdom on how to steward the gifts you have given me because there's a place and a purpose for those gifts, but to know that they're not meant to stay hidden. They're not meant to stay dormant inside of you. The world needs what you carry. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. The world needs what is on the inside of you. The world needs what you carry. And your gifts matter. And I just want to say that I am sorry on behalf of anyone 
who has ever spoken against the gifts of God on the inside of you. I can just share my own personal testimony that I don't, I can't think of one gift that I have that even is in the public eye now that has not been spoken against, that has not been attacked in some way, shape, or form. And I'm going to be honest, it would have been way easier for me to just retreat and bury my gifts again because it's hard when you are ridiculed, it's embarrassing, when you're made fun of, when people use negative words or word curses against you in those areas and it's vulnerable to open up again and to be used by God in certain areas. And so like for me, God is calling me right now just to bring it into real time here. God is calling me now to step back in to singing. That is something that I'm not shy about singing. Like if you've ever been in a worship session with me, you probably hear me because my voice just has, uh, it just carries. I, I'm loud. And so that is, I'm not shy about singing or anything. But as far as leading worship, I have not led worship in probably 10 years. And it's an area that I have allowed to be buried because of things that were spoken over to and about me. And it's so easy to crumble in those moments, especially because, well, we know the that words have the power of life and death. And so when you have death constantly spoken over you, it's very easy to let those things die. And I'm in a season now, and I'm not cry, I'm in a season now where God is resurrecting things in my life. And I'm in such a full circle season right now. And it's just beautiful because I've had so many prophetic words over the last few years spoken over me about singing and it's like I'm in a season of stepping into those things now and it's beautiful because God keeps every promise he fulfills his word to his people and so it's not something that I've sought out honestly it's something that I would have I would have been comfortable taking to the grave I will sing I will worship in the privacy of my own home I will worship corporately but to be in front of people and sing again that's very vulnerable for me it is and it's like, God, wow, this is this is wild. So next week, actually, it'll be a few days after this airs, I was asked by my church to lead worship for a women's night. And it's like, okay, we're doing that. And even last summer, it kind of all started unfolding. Just I feel like I'm supposed to share this just to encourage your hearts. I was actually at a church in Detroit area, and I was ministering on a Sunday. And we were at the church on a Friday night on the Friday night before that, my friends and I, and the pastor actually pulled me aside and he said, do you sing? And I said, ah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's such a complicated question for me because of my history and all of that that I won't get into. But I'm like, yes, I sing, but do I sing publicly? No, but whatever. And I had shared with him that, you know, I just feel like it's a gift between me and the Lord and I love singing to him and all of that. And he called me out on the carpet, y'all. He was like, where's that in the Bible? And I was like, oh, and he said, you're and just the scripture that I, excuse me, just shared here in first Peter. He said, your gift is for me. It's not for you. And I was like, wow, he is right. That really stung my flesh, but praise God that we speak the truth in love. And sometimes it hurts and it's okay if it hurts the flesh. It's okay if it hurts the flesh. So I just sit on that for a second and he goes, you're going to preach on Sunday and then you're going to sing. This is part of your healing journey. And I'm so thankful for his boldness, even though in the moment I was like, oh, I do not like you right now. I love you, brother, but I don't like you right now. 
And I did. And it was like that fight or flight moment for me. And I didn't have my own vehicle, so I couldn't leave town. So I was kind of stuck there. And I did. I I preached and then I sang. And it was the first time I had sang publicly in over 10 years. And it was so healing for me. And then, so that was like in July last year. And then in October, one of my friends was up. Shout out Josiah Queen. If you guys don't know him, look him up. He has incredible music and you can find it on every streaming platform. He's on TikTok, all the things. I'm a huge Josiah Queen fan, so I'm always plugging his stuff. But he was up leading worship at my church. His mom was preaching and he was leading worship. And the day before he led worship, we were at a women's event and he was leading worship at that as well. And he was like, am I singing by myself tomorrow? Like, what's the plan? And I was like, I'll sing with you. I could not even believe that that came out of my mouth, y'all, because... I can't even tell you how much I ran from this call of singing and leading worship. And I did. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, because it's just the fullness of restoration in my life. And then now I'm leading worship at a women's event here in a week. And I'm leading worship next month with some friends at an outreach. And I don't even know the fullness of where God is taking this, but he's good and he's gentle. And that's one thing I love about him. He's not going to force us into anything. My heart is to be obedient to him. And right now, this is me being real with y'all that that may think that it's easy to just do the things God called calls us to, but it's not. Like, I think sometimes people can even look at me and they think, the like I said earlier, oh, she's confident, she's bold, she writes books, she does podcasts, she speaks. None of that has been easy for me, and I never want to give this false idea to people that it's easy, but I do want to empower you with the truth that it's possible, that through Christ, we can do all things. He gives us a strength. His strength is made perfect in our weakness, and when you feel like you're inadequate or it's just like, Lord, (laughs) you are stretching me here. He fills in the gaps. It's all him working through you anyway. So my biggest encouragement, and I'm going to end with this, is just to give him your yes, whatever that means, whatever that looks like. Stay surrendered to him. And if he calls you to do anything, he's going to give you everything you need to do it. He equips us for every good work. And I'm even thinking of Peter getting out of the boat, walking on the water, that it's time for us to start walking on the water. It's time for us to get out of the proverbial boats of comfort and complacency and walk on the water. Walk on the water. We are called to be water walkers, to be bold, to defy what is natural around us, to walk in the divine nature God has called us to, and to do all things for the glory of God. It's all for Him. I say that all the time. It's all for him always. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about making his name known. And when we keep that, the forefront, and our desire is pure, our desire is simply to please him, to glorify and honor him, then we listen. We are unstoppable. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. I want to encourage you to reach out to me. I would love to pray for you. I would love to connect with you on social media. All of my information is in the show notes, but I think I'm going to end with that because if you know me at all, you know that I am long-winded and I could keep talking for a while, but... I just pray that my story, that my testimonies, that they encourage and inspire you to do the things God has called you to do because the world needs it. The world needs it. So don't sit by idly and let everyone else around you live in the fullness of what God has for them. Don't sit around and watch everybody else step out into the things God has called them to. Get in the game yourself. Get in the game yourself. You have things to bring to the table. And I need what you carry and the world around you needs it too. 
So Father God, I thank you so much for this episode. I thank you, God, for this podcast. I lift up every single listener on the other side of this podcast, wherever they're at around the world. God, I thank you that you have created them on purpose and for a purpose, that you have gifts, callings, anointings, talents, God, within them, Lord. And I pray that they be unburied, that they be brought to the surface. Lord, if there's anyone listening that doesn't know what their anointing is, that doesn't know what the call of God in their life is, God, I pray that you would reveal that to their heart, that you would give them a spirit of wisdom, and revelation, God, that they would walk in the fullness of everything you have for them. God, I speak life over those who are hurting on the other side of this podcast. God, those who have let their gifts go dormant because of word curses, because of things that were spoken over them, because of insecurity that has just smothered the gift inside of them, I speak to that and I command it to go in Jesus' name. I declare a freedom over them. God, I declare that you are loosing them into freedom into the ability, God, to start again. I declare that over them, God. I just see that like a banner over you that you will start again. God, that they're going to pick up those things that they have dropped and start running forward again in the fullness of what you have for them. I speak life and blessings over every listener. I speak life over their families, over their marriages, over their ministries. God, everything that they put their hand to, God, I thank you that it prospers. Lord, and I just thank you for encouraging and strengthening our hearts. I speak to every weary heart right now in the name of Jesus, and I declare that they will not grow weary in well-doing, but they will see the fruit of their faithfulness, God. I thank you for the harvest that is going to be reaped in their lives because they have not given up. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 